Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, for one final time in 2022, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Yep. Can you believe it? Your fantasy footy season is just a couple of days away from wrapping up, but yet still a fair bit we want to get through on this episode. Joining me as he has a ton of times throughout the 2022 season, I've got Jordox. Hello, mate. How are you? Good, MJ. Good to be here for the last one. Can't believe it's, uh, it's nearly all done for season 2022. It's all done and dusted, but like I said, there's still plenty to talk about. And a guy we've only had a handful of times, not even in 2022. So he's gone, I don't know, full Bradbury, uh, where we've got him in for the final episode of 22. I've got Tim. Hello, mate. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Look, it's great to have both you boys here because we want to answer some of our Patreon questions very, very soon. Our Patreons are people that are financial supporters of what we do here at the Coaches Panel. It's one of the great ways we help do what we do all the time, but they also get some extra added bonus pieces of content that come their way, uh, extra podcasts, hidden articles, private groups, and the power to ask questions on the pod. We will be answering some of those in a moment. But after that, We've got our 2022 Fantasy Footy Awards for the year. We're going to go club by club. I'll tell you about that more in just a moment. But maybe I'll throw this first question over to you, Tim, from from Big Mal in Tassie, longtime Patreon and and supporter of the coaches panel, is he says he's heading into his league matchup in Supercoach as the underdog. So... He's looking to get aggressive in certain ways through captaincy choices, emergency loopholing, all those kind of things we talk about a lot here on the podcast about how you can maximize your scoring without really having to make a trade. But are there any kind of other elements or things that he should be considering heading into this round that maybe aren't either of those two levers? So basically without trading. <laughs> without trading, what can he do to really maximise his points opportunity? Well, I think if you're the underdog, the first thing is to just roll the dice with the risk-reward players. So, you know, pick a couple of guys who have the biggest ceiling, even if they're a bit flaky. Like, you know, obviously if you've got like the top guys, you might go with that anyway, but your opponent might roll with the same guy. So you need to pick up points somewhere. So... But you definitely try and vice captain someone who has who's a big ceiling that maybe your opponent doesn't have pretty yep. much or someone who's definitely not going to vice captain because you just need to get a big score that he doesn't have. And particularly if your vice captain kills it early, then it might make your opponent start trying something unusual too if they get don't like that. That's true. So yep. that would be the no, first thing. Also- Second thing, I think you'd just generally go with any loophole you can do. Like, obviously, to a lesser extent, depends who's playing on your bench with um, loopholes and what you've got available to you. But, um, yeah, once again, if you've got a guy who might who might play or you probably only have one shot in each line at the loophole anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, m- more than likely. Jordox, I know you don't play super coach, but there are obviously a lot of strategic parallels between Dream Team, which you do play. Any other things you'd add to kind of help Mal from a strategic perspective? Well, I think Mao's already onto it um, by mentioning that Taggers seem to have found their way back recently uh-huh. and some superstars have been effective. And I, 
I look at last week as a great example of, of a really um, uh, ballsy move you could do. Is, so last Friday night we had Lockie Neal and everyone was sort of expecting uh, a tag to go his way. Mm-hmm. Um, some really smart coaches would have, you know, if you're sh- if that's not a unique player, you're sharing Neal with your opponent, you could loop a Neal. And it feels very weird and, and uh, goes against your intuition to loop mm. a superstar. But if you can see a tag coming up now and you have an opportunity to loop someone that your opponent has, um, it might it might be a way to gain just even the slightest advantage. And last week it was very effective in Dream Team and Fantasy with Neil being tagged to a rotten 60. Um, and, you know, it obviously depends on what's on your bench, as Tim said. Yep, it's certainly true. In terms of the big tags that could be coming, uh, Harry Perriman's been sort of playing a, a run with negating midfield role. So there is a, a, a viable line of thought that he could be heading towards an Andy Brayshaw this round. So that's definitely one you'd want to keep some level of eye on. Port Adelaide are very restrictive. So they don't really tag, although Drew, I suspect, will run with Laird. The one that's intriguing me is that final game of the round. And Tim, I'm keen on your take on this while we're talking about tags. Saints taken on the Swans. Swans taken on the Saints. Class, is he going to Hill or is he going to Sinclair? See, you would have thought they'd put him on Sinclair or I would have thought so. Or certainly... Certainly, if you're a Sinclair owner, you'd be you should be worried Praying. about that. Yeah, I would be <laughs> very much so. And then from a sit, oh, sorry, Jordan, what we're we going to add in? I was just, I was going to say on that, I, I like the idea of heading into Sunday, and some coaches being scared off by the Clark tag on Sinclair. Yep. Don't underestimate the importance of uh, taking Brad Hill out of the game. No I question. reckon that's fifty-fifty. Yep, it's very true. And then. Sydney midfield, Kane and I talked about this a little bit on last week's episode about how teams choose to play that midfield of Sydney. Doesn't Owens go to a, a you know a, a rebounder through the forward line and play there, or does he kind of look to head to Lloyd? Does he look or Blakey's probably the more likely danger playmaker to go, but Windhager is the other one. Is it Parker? Is it Warner or is it Mills? Where do you boys think Windhager goes this week? And he's been quite restricted the past couple of weeks. Who do you think he's more likely to go to, given all three are candidates? We'll go I reckon he goes on Parker. You think he goes to Parker. Parker? What about for you, Tim? I think he'd have an easier time trying to slow down Parker than the yeah. other two. He, he might not be... Um quite up with the aerobic capacity of the other two. Just Parker sort of feels a bit like Neil in the way that he, he pretty much nailed Neil. Yeah. Um, well but certainly Mills is the volume guy. So I think that's... Be one of those two. Yeah, and that's the thing with Mills is even if offenses, offensively he's not impacting the game defensively through tackles, he, he's one of the better premium midfielders we have while he does have some positional instability where he can get flipped around to the a center bounce to the wing to the spare man down back is because he's so good. He can score in so many different areas. So the only reason you'd be saving the C is if you're in big Mal's territory of you're heading into Sunday, your VC only goes 115 and you need a 130, 140 to win it all. Then he's probably someone you're, you're really likely looking at. 
all up. There you go. There's a couple of tag options. Hope that's helped for you. Um, Nick's got a question. It's an ultimate footy one. I'll throw it over to you, Tim. Uh, what's the likelihood of Billings retaining forward status? He's looking at trading into him. What's your take on the forever injured Jack Billings? Um, probably not the best one to ask that, to be honest. I really am unsure on that one myself. Have you got an opinion on the Billings forward status? Oh, I think he'll he's borderline to keep it because he spent a lot of time wing this year. But what we do know is that there was enough time early in the season for based off champion data where he did pick up the forward status during the year. So I, I think it's a line ball, sometimes ultimate footy, just award those line balls, especially if we're a little shallow for forward premiums in the year. So I would say, Nick, it's line ball. I wouldn't trade into him blind without having that heavy confidence that he has it. And then second, I just don't think he's any more than at best 85, 90 forward. Uh, And so to leap blind into that, that St Kilda side continuing to need some kind of constant revolution, I wouldn't be going there just personally. I'd, I'd probably look to let it slide. And if come February, the position lands your way. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably a little more hesitant like you, Tim, to want to trade in, Tim. All right, last two questions before we get into our Fantasy Footy Awards club by club. Uh, Ian McRae has got one trade left to go in Supercoach and in Dream Team. Is there anybody with a matchup this week that you boys... Again, it's probably format dependent, but that you would move heaven on earth on that would be a a really unusual choice from ceiling. Is there any names you'd like to throw in the mix? I got two. Yeah, uh, just having to think before the pod about this. Um, the, the only thing is, I don't know if I'd move heaven and earth to get this play, these players, but mm-hmm. certainly an unusual choice for the last game of the year would be both from the showdown on Saturday night. Okay, one is the big Rob Dog, Riley O'Brien, yes. who's had a so-so year for fantasy and for the Crows. But he does come up against a fairly ruckless Port Adelaide. Yep, um, and I think uh, I think Rob's going to finish off on a big note. And then in the same game is Dan Houston. I just love his ceiling. Yeah. Uh, last week, he, he did really well um, in a big win against Effenden. I'm hoping it's not a big win against Adelaide, but he is a guy that can rack it up, and I think that's a good matchup for him. Yeah, and any names you'd want to throw in the mix there, Tim? Again, you know, format dependent maybe, but some guys that you think could be have some really gravy matchups that could pop a, a unicorn score for the year? Yeah, so if you're looking for unusual guys, um, firstly, i go Tom Lynch. Obviously yes. not the North Melbourne one. No, so, he's not giving him nothing. I know Lynch Lynch just kicked eight, so he obviously seems good. But his last three weeks have all been big. And especially if Rutten is still coaching this week, like Ooh. Essendon could concede 30 goals. It's just it's like it, it could be really brutal. They're not going to care. They're going to get absolutely flogged. Um, unless, unless Richmond rests half a dozen players for whatever reason. But True. with the pre-finals by, that happens a lot less, so... Certainly a cheaper guy, Tom Lynch, um, should be pretty good. Uh, if you want some iffy names. Uh, oh, here we go. This is the real good ones, ladies and gentlemen. Write these suckers down. These are the guys who look good until they have their crap week and you realise you got sucked in. Like Nick Haynes, last two yeah. weeks has been pretty big. I imagine yeah. he's pretty cheap at the moment. 
So you wouldn't be moving heaven and earth to get him, but it, mm -hmm. it'd be the kind of guy if you need to make one sort of cheaper trade and to get the one premium with the other one, you might sure. go someone like him or if you're on limited funds. Mm -hmm. And they're playing Frio. I, I don't know if Frio is the kind of matchup you want to trade into, but the Giants mm -hmm. do love chipping it around. So they do. Who's that? And uh, I think you had a pretty good uh, premium option too. I've got a couple. Uh, if I love trading into blokes when it's their last game. So I know some might be keen on a Robbie Gray showdown medal number 37, but I'm more alluding to a player like a Ben McAvoy coming up against the Bulldogs. I think he, as a ruck forward option, shown some ability recently to score well. The past couple of weeks, in fact, for big chunks of the year, Defenders against Melbourne have been a thing. And so a Kitty Coleman as a defender forward might just be the right sort of option. I know people are, are quite bullish on a Daniel Rich this week too. Um, but for me, Coleman as a, a defender forward, potential versatility gives you another look at a bench option. I don't mind. And uh, and then the Hawks take on the dogs. So of course you could really go nuts on a Blake Hardwick sort of type if you really want to, Test your friendship with somebody. I wouldn't do it, but if you're looking for unusual that could go 130 plus, it, these are guys that have got potential and the matchups. You got any more Jordox before we move on? Yeah, last last one in the Hawks Bulldogs game. So I just want to paint this picture for you. All right, oh, last no. game of the year. Sam Mitchell's done a fantastic job at, at sort of changing the look of that Hawthorne midfield. Oh, here it um, comes. I can smell this and, a mile off. And Titch has been moved to the side. It's the last game of the year. It's at a ground that he loves historically. And if there is any idea that they might look to trade Tom Mitchell in the offseason, if I was Sam go. Mitchell, I'd say, go on, son. Get your 50 touches. Do what you do <laughs> to just make you look a little prettier as we uh, enter the trade period. If he does, oh, boy, Tom Mitchell. He mm -hmm. owes a lot of coaches. Anyone that's still got him, he does owe. He certainly does too. All right. Well, there's a couple of ones. Uh, last question we've got uh, is from James. It's super coach question. Goldstein's, Goldstein's listed as a test. That's true. Uh, he's got his last trade. Is it worth taking a punt on the likes of a Tom Lynch? Are there any other suggestions? I think you're right, James. I think you're looking at the one play matchup. And it was the first name that came out of Tim's mouth was, was Tom Lynch. You're looking for a guy that can give you 150. He's absolutely a guy that can give you 150. He can also give you 15. Um, but you got to go those high risk, high rewards. So I'm a Goldstein owner and super coach, and that's exactly the sort of move I, I'd be looking to make if you had the luxury of a trade to kind of roll through there. So, And even yeah. because he's a test Goldstein, I actually think he'll get up and play, but it's still a play anyway. I mean, he's going to be up against Wits. Uh, not going to be an easy matchup anyway. Um so if you've got nothing else, I'd still look at doing it, even if you Yeah, it, It's going to be a fascinating round of footy before we do look to these 2022 awards is you've got two or three games that are spicy matchups, either because they're finals defining or reputational defining in terms of, of the showdown. And then uh, one of the and these matchups I'm alluding to are Carlton and Collingwood. One team's pushing top four, the other to push into the top eight. Brisbane and Melbourne, I, I think the loser's more than likely to slide out of the top four um, or, or, or just hold in through there. And then you've got a couple of matchups that could get very soft very quick and, and be very bruise-free footy. And, and I'm alluding to 
giant stockers, Essendon Richmond, even to a lesser extent, the Hawthorne Bulldogs game, if by then the Bulldogs year is done based on existing matchups. And again, the St Kilda Swans game, that final game of the year where there's one team that's out of the equation, almost mathematically impossible, possible, but all, by then it'll be known whether the Saints can't make it. So it, we could see some real bruise-free footy as well as some absolute final style footy in, in at least three matchups this week. So it's a fascinating round uh, of footy for coaches to look at. All right. Well, as we do in our final in-season podcast of the year, we always look to award our fantasy footy awards. Uh, but rather than looking across the entirety of the comp and saying who are our best cash cows or, or whatever the category is, we like looking at it club by club, just a little bit, give a bit of love to every AFL team. So we'll we'll rocket fire through them, but we're going to go team by team. Jordox, I want you to find for me the MVP of every team. Now, it doesn't mean it's the best score or the best average, but who you're saying, whatever that category is, is MVP. Tim, you're one of the draft experts we've got here at the coaches panel. So I want you to find almost like the boom draft pick. So it could be that you've nailed the first rounder, or, but I think you might be heading down the average draft position. Uh, maybe a little more. We'll see how you go. Jordox, we're going to keep you busy on this pod. Then I'd love for you to find me the cash cow from that club that, that we should have had. So coming back into salary caps. And then I'll wrap us up with a 2023 watch list player from that club we got a lot to get through in the next 30 minutes or so so jordox let's go to the crows who's the mvp uh well he's the mvp of the whole competition glory leg um absolutely stunning season from a fantasy perspective so that's a yeah fairly easy one i mean he's cleared the 120 average in both both the formats and Really, if you didn't have him on the back end of the year, you're probably not going to be having too much success, whether it be overall or in your league. Yep, fair enough too. Uh, Dawson, probably unlucky, but that's just more how good Laird has been rather than anything else. Tim, who's our draft superstar from the Crows? All right, so yep, honourable mentions to the two guys you just said, Dawson and, and Laird. Pretty pretty good picks if you got them, even where they went. But uh Best draft pick or waiver pickup had to be Sam Berry. Yeah. He's, I mean, if he even got drafted, his average draft position is 320 oh. for a guy averaging mid 80s as a oh. forward. <laughs> so if you ever drafted him, you've done well. You'd be very yeah. happy. Oh, you would. All right. Cash cows from the Crows. We got a couple this year. Jordox, who are we, we giving did. it to? Uh- I think the you know the first one you think of is Josh Rochelle because of the start he had, but I, mm-hmm. I reckon the cash cow of the year is Jake Saligo, who <clears throat> played the first game or two yep. and a very small score, um, had to find his way in the twos, but has played every game since round nine for Adelaide, um, and has really established himself in the squad. He's, he's great to watch as a Crows fan, and he scored and made probably the most money. I think he would have made more money than Rochelle by the end of it. Yep, no, he's a good shout for me. The 2023 watch list from the Crows, we've already mentioned his name. I could have said Schoenberg, but that's a lot of future forecasting. Uh, I could have gone back and picked the, the easy picks of Dawson and Laird, but I'm not doing that. For me, Sam Berry has got all the pedigree to be a legitimate A-grade premium. So since, uh, and Tim alluded to him, since round 
what the past nine games, he's yeah, he's going to lose forward status. But in the past nine games, he's averaging a mid to low 90s across the format. He's regularly getting 10 plus tackles. And it's something that we talk about in our keeper league content when we do our, our top 50 keeper league prospects, which by the way, will be dropping through October for our Patreons and paid Spotify subscribers. So you can go and check that out. But we often talk about a guy that can get 20 touches and then build columns of tackles, marks and goals up to a total of 10. Barry's already there on tackles alone. And in the past nine games, he's only had three games with 20 disposals or more. So if he can bump up some of those possessions, he's heading very much in the trend of how Jack Steele was developing in early days at St Kilda. So for me, he's on the 2023 watch list. Let's go to Brisbane. Who's the MVP, Jordox? Yeah, pretty easy one again. Lockie Neal um, was a very, very popular pick at the start of the year. Mm. And, you know, I know he's tapered off a little bit in the last, what, four to five weeks. There's been some tag-affected games. And TSU McLuggage is coming for him in a big way in terms yeah. of the best uh, fantasy guy at Brisbane. But no, Lockie Neal, pretty easy one. Nice. That draft one, I'm fascinated to see who you're handing this out to, Tim. There's a couple that could be right in the mix. Yeah, I actually found it hard with Brisbane. There's no clear standout. Like even guys like McCluggage who have been on fire lately, he didn't start off that way. So mm. his actually season average is pretty much about what you would have guessed. So couldn't really call him a draft bargain. Um, okay. The best one is a guy who seemed to be off waivers early on the season. That's a guy you spoke about earlier, Kitty Coleman. Mm. The back forward averaging close to 80. Draft position was 272 on average, but most likely if he got picked up, he would have been dropped. So yep, I think anyone who picked him up would have been pretty wrapped. He's yeah, good shot, I reckon. Yeah, and that that versatility in drafts to have that defender forward flip it around, depending, like you're right, that's huge. Nice shout. Who's the cow that we're giving this to, Jordox? I think this could be another fun one for you. Yeah, I did struggle with the, the Brisbane kids and the Brisbane cows. And I actually landed on Kadeen Coleman as well. I know he yeah. wasn't, um, you know, basement price, but he was someone that a lot of people did jump on uh, earlier in the year and probably got burnt. But anyone that either stuck fat or jumped on at the right time, he had a nice little patch when Daniel Rich kept getting either knocked out or, or hurt or sick. You know, he had this patch of being in and out and Coleman lapped it up, uh, got Got some good scores in there. But yeah, tough with Brisbane, top side. There weren't a many, a lot of kids coming through. Um, so I had to go to Coleman. Yeah, I, I don't think that's, the, you know, some people, again, depending on the format you play, go, he's not a cow. How dare you? But his starting price in Supercoach was, was just over 260000 And he was under mm-hmm. three fifty in DT. And so, yeah, I, I think it's probably stretching. But in terms of making us money, he's absolutely a shout. Um, across the formats no doubt for me look there's a couple of lines i like the look of but i'm going after darcy wilmont for me he was in a lot of starting squads this year real attacking aggressive rebounder but with the emergence of kitty coleman that you both alluded to people just haven't been able to see a space for him i would be really surprised to not see him get games early next year he might even push up to the wing as McCluck, he just kind of establishes himself more as a center bounce midfielder too. So Wilmont for me is going to be the basement price cow I've got my eye on. Let's talk about the Blues. Oh, yeah, sorry. One, one more for Brisbane, uh, Will Ashcroft. Yeah, good shout. 
<laughs> Hasn't been drafted yet, but he will be. Well, yeah, technically yeah. I didn't want to pick a guy that's not arrived yet, but gee whiz, he'll, he, he's the he'll guy. He'll be in everyone's team. He's going to be in everyone's <laughs> team. He'll be in the 50 most relevant just because he'll be in everyone's team. Yes, I've given away one of the 50. I'm so sorry, um, but you're right. He, he's absolutely a guy that we should be looking at next year. Let's talk about the Blues. Who's the MVP? Uh, Sam Doherty. Uh, you know, Without uh, incredible story. So great to see him out there. I, I don't. I certainly didn't think he'd come back and dominate from a fantasy perspective the way he has. Uh, special mention to you know Paddy Cripps, who's mm. really found his his you know 2018 form, if, if you can remember that far back. But no, Sam Doherty across the board, absolute star. Even on the weekend, thrown into the guts, getting CBAs, laying tackles. He does yeah. it all. Legend. Yep. Good shout. Draft. Draft, yep. Doherty is wow, averaging yeah. 109, and his average draft position was 119. Whew. So basically, picking up a 110 defender in the like 10th, the 10th 11th, round, 12th or whatever, round, depending how big your draft is, that's just ridiculous. Gee whiz, that's, like, there's that's been the sort steals. of thing that wins you draft leagues. So basically, yes, it's played basically every game, and you got in there. So to win draft leagues, it's not like you want to draft a guy, you know, one round earlier than um, people thought he should have been and have a hit with that. doesn't really win you draft leagues. It's when you get a guy like Doherty in the 10th or 12th round, that wins you draft leagues. Yeah, 100%. It's a good shout. From a cow's perspective, we had a couple to look at. Jordox, who have you landed for us? Yeah, well, if you didn't like Dean Coleman, you're not going to like this guy. And and again, the, the definition of cash cow, I mean, the way I looked at it was uh, who was someone that you started with or picked up with the um, intent to make you money and sure. sell them. That's now, fine. This, That's this guy ended up, but this guy ended up being a keeper. So George Hewitt came across from Sydney, yeah. defender status. Um, I think everyone sort of jumped on thinking we'll get 100K out of him and move him on. And, uh, you know, if not for his back injury, he, he became a keeper for the whole year. So um, another one that probably didn't go too early in drafts as well and, would have been very handy for the year. Averaging, I think, 99 DT and probably similar in Supercoach. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, look, Durden's probably the other one if you want a genuine cow, but but he was never yeah. a monster um, for you that really burnt you. But, yeah, if, if you're taking the the value by the year, 100% he's it. For me, the guy I'm genuinely watching in 2023 from the Blues is Sam Walsh. Um People are talking about it not being a great year. And yet pre-buy in Supercoach, he was going at an average of 117 and 106 in AFL Fantasy. While post-buy, he's going at just the 104 in Supercoach and 100 in AFL Fantasy. He's lost a little bit of that ceiling because he's been pushed out of center bounces a little bit more, spent some time coming off half forward, some time coming off the wing. But I'm genuinely convinced that he's one of the safest 110 guys over the next seven to eight years. And if he can recapture some of that ceiling, I think even if Carlton don't make finals this year, they're going to be a serious contender, that that midfield mix. Um, so for me, it's Sammy Walsh. Let's talk about Tim's Magpies. Who's our MVP, Jordox? A tricky one. Collingwood, uh, you know, since Nathan Buckley left, they're not the fantasy-friendly side that we once uh, adored. Um, no. But they're winning games of footy, so Tim's happy. Uh, but I gave <laughs> Darcy Cameron the MVP. I yeah, just good thought, shout. 
the way he stepped in uh, when Grody, uh, Grody, Grundy went down, yeah. um, and for those brave enough to jump on early in the piece across the formats, it was hugely rewarding. I, I thought I'd give it to Jack Crisp, but his second half of the year has been pretty average. Um, yep. For Duffy Cameron. Yep, don't mind that shout. Tim, who's our draft star that we're talking about from the Collingwood Football Club? Yep, just a quick one before I mention that. Just following on Jordox's thing, pretty much every Collingwood player who averaged over 60 last year has dropped 10 to 20% this year. Wow. Like it's just the game, game style. There's only four players who would be draftable who've actually gone up this year. And one of those, Jamie Elliott, basically held level. Sure. Um, but it basically suggests he's had a better year because if you've held level in this new game style, he's actually done well. Wow. And the other three, uh, Josh Dacos, who's been all right, no superstar, yeah. but Pendlebury has actually gone up. Yep, as a back. And Jordox's man, Darcy Cameron. So wow. Darcy Cameron, definitely the uh, the best buy in drafts. He would have been a free agent pickup probably, unless you're in the category league I'm in, where for some reason he was either drafted early or even kept or something, which oh, is a brave wow. move behind Grundy who hadn't missed a game in seven years. But um, there you go. <laughs> that is <laughs> a bold strategy, Cotton, 100% for, for pulling that out. And that's worked for you. I feel like the question I'm about to ask you, Jordox, might be close to the dumbest question I've ever asked, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. Who's the cow from the pies? Not who you think it is. No, I'm joking. It's Nick not Jinovan? No. Okay. No, no, no. By country mile. In fact, I nearly yeah. had Nick Takos as the MVP as well. I mean, what an absolute, you know, um, oh, just, just, it's exciting to think we get to automatically just pick this guy every year for the next, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, look, he had an ADP and ultimate footy of 143. So you, you could have built mm. a case that, you know, we could mm. all be saying Dacos for every yeah. single category here uh, if we wanted Definitely to. Good. Um, he, he's been – he's the best first-year fantasy player in my eyes. Uh, I, I know some would compare it to Barlow. I don't think that's fair. I think because he's been defensive eligible, that's moved him up a rung that guys like Toby Green, Sam Walsh just haven't been able to, to hit. So, for me, this is the best debut season of a first-year player I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Just, just no ab- absolute gun. Um, in, in terms of who I've got an eye on for 2023, there's a couple you could throw in there. Dacos could genuinely be one of them, um, but it's not who I've got. For me, there's a real obvious low hanging fruit, and that's Brody Grundy. And that is, he's a genuine A grade ruckman. There's a chance he might not be at the club. So that's obviously a big caveat. But as good as Darcy Cameron has been this year, I think sometimes with recency bias, we just forget how good Grundy is as a footballer. Um, He'll be given a significant discount after only playing a handful of games this year. In AFL fantasy, it might not be as appealing because they only award the discount to the higher year's average of the previous two, which means he's going to find himself based off his average of 2021, which is a 104. Um, Oh, sorry, a 106. So it won't be at the 93.3 in Dream Team or the 103 in Supercoach where he's getting that average. But for me, the Rux is a really tough line potentially in 23. So he's one. The other, if he lands there, Tim Taranto. If he lands there, uh, Timmy Taranto will be really hard to ignore 
uh, at that Collingwood team. Yeah, see, I was actually going the other way with Taranto. I was thinking if he comes to Collingwood, like you saw what happened to the rest of the Pies players in fantasy this year. Yeah. Um, I know the Pies have said that they would be looking for a midfielder, so suggesting if they got someone like Taranto, they'd play him in the midfield, not up forward. Yep. But he'd be playing in Collingwood's game style, so... That's true. Yep, it's a really good shout. It'll be interesting to see what happens there because the other club he's rumored to go to is Richmond, which is equally as unappealing of that 110 fantasy premium, which he has shown he's got the potential in AFL fantasy and 105 in Supercoach. So if he was heading towards, uh, I don't know, like a St. Kilda, like it'd be really interesting for us, but unfortunately not not likely to head to a club we're interested in. Um, let's talk about the Bombers or are they Jordaks? Is there something you want to say about the Pies before yeah. we move on? Yeah, just Jordan Degoe is the one that interests me for next year. Um, yep. Whether he leaves or, or moves, whatever he does, he's he's underperformed for, for what he's capable of. And if he can um, uh, focus on footy and, and there's not as many distractions as the there's been. Um, yep. Yeah, he's someone I've got a good eye on for next year. Um, All right, fair enough. Uh, let's talk Bombers. Who's the MVP, man? Yeah, so interesting year for Zach Merritt. He mm. takes out the MVP. Um, he, yeah, really interesting year. I know he missed a bit of footy earlier in the year with that injury. Since he's come back, he was like a budget guy to jump on. Yeah. Gave coaches you know, some huge scores and, and really looked like, um, actually, I know in Dream Team, in terms of price, had he not um, been tagged to that 55, he was headed to the million-dollar mark with Laird. Who would have thought that when coaches probably paid under 800K for him, yeah. thinking if they'll get to a mill? He didn't, and he's actually since been disappointing. So uh, <laughs> he's had two... We've had two tag games. That, two uh, very heavy tags, yeah. He's got Richmond this week, so he won't cop that. He'll give people a nice final week. but Might be too late for me, MG. Maybe yeah, I'll okay. my but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> He'll get the MVP. Um, I mean, who else? Oh, yeah, who else at the Bombers? Oh, well, I, it might be someone that Tim's about to mention, so we'll, we'll see. But I think you're right. I think he's yeah. the clear best Bomber. For drafts, though, they have given us a couple of nice bargain picks, though, Tim. So who have you landed with? Yeah, the best the best buy for drafts I would have is Mason Redmond. Yep. Yeah. Good He's job. averaging 87, ADP of 260. Oh. You know, potentially would even have been a, a waiver pickup around early season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's had a couple of monster scores to people who've done that, so... Was how close was Nick Martin? Just out of curiosity for you, because again, he was probably drafted yeah, in a similar position. I had two guys: I had Redmond one and Martin two. Yeah, um, Martin definitely was a waiver pickup, but he pretty much would have been everyone's number one choice after round one. Correct. So yeah. whoever had first pick probably got him after round one, and yeah. he's you know he slowed down a bit, but he's an eighty oh. averaging forward, so. You're right. No, I agree. I think I think Redmond's one, by the way. He was in ultimate footy, which is where we're basing all our drafting data off. Was drafted in 56% of teams. So, you know, very nice draft day pickup for you, even better for you if you're doing that. Uh, for me, the Essendon player I'm really keeping an eye on is Darcy Parrish for 2023. Pre-injury this year, uh, he was going at 108 in AFL Fantasy and 118 in Supercoach. So presents some value. However, 
really big red flag around the uncertainty of who's coaching that team and stylistically, even if Rutten is coaching, what that means. Um, clearly, some, there's some significant change coming to that club. So any club that's got big unknowns around them in August, when you're looking at March for 23, they're really hard to project into. So Paris should be the one. Uh, but again, I'm not I'm not sold without knowing the other variables. Go Jordox before we move to the next club. Uh, just a quick one, Jordan Ridley, if, especially if there's a new coach and a new game plan, he's going to be a fantasy gun. I'm still sure of it. No, he's he's still holding um, on. Still holding yeah. on. Let's talk just, about just the needs the kickouts, doesn't he? Give just needs the kickouts kick back. That's where he scored. <laughs> He's got that great first name. Now, we missed the cash cow, MJ. You oh, I missed the cash that. cow. Think, Sorry, mate. Come I through. think because subconsciously Tim mentioned him and you knew. That's exactly. Let's say. go with that. But Nick Martin, cash cow. Um, Unbelievable. Pretty stiff not to get cash cow of the year. Let's not forget the guy started around one. Five goals from midfield, basically. Getting smashed by Geelong. So, I don't even know if he's kicked five for the rest of the year. So that's that's just very impressive. He's actually kicked a reasonable amount of goals. Oh, there you go. Well, I'll just yeah. shut my pie hole. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the Dockers. MVP. Who are you handing yep, this another, one to? Another pretty easy one. Um, Andrew Brayshaw. And and I really enjoyed this one because I did the, the Andrew Brayshaw episode with you in the top 50 at the start. Oh, yes. Um, and we, yeah, we were we were pretty excited by him, and he's gone on with it, um, absolutely smashed it. But the only knock is is the tag games. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you you were talking about Walsh before, the, these guys are still so young. Yeah, and Brayshaw has shown, you know, the ceiling. I think that took everyone, um, made everyone sit up and take notice of him. Was yeah, that, that round two, two monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Brayshaw, nice prayer. The draft is interesting. The Dockers have given us a couple of nice little picks. Who have you landed with, Tim? I've actually got three good ones. Now I've had a few. The best one is got to be Will Brody. Yeah. The guy who screwed everyone in drafts for about six years has finally come good. <laughs> <laughs> and has averaged 94 from ADP of 128, which is surprisingly yeah, high 128 ADP for a guy. That's probably more reflective. History, of his history of screwing people. Were, isn't drafts. it? Yeah, that's it. So everyone obviously thought, you know what? I'm going to pile on again. And it worked this year. So well done if you did that. Well done. Next one, Hayden Young. ADP of 189. So nearly picked 200 in the draft. You've got an 87 averaging defender. Potentially last on-field guy you picked, depending on the size of your squads and leagues. That's decent. Yep. And then honorable mention to uh, Clark as well. He's averaging Clark. in the 80s from uh, a pick around about 200. So, Jeez, that's it's a nice pick. For me, the 2023 watch list we'll get to in a minute. We're coming back to the cows for you, Jordox. <laughs> who, who, who have you got for me, man? Well, it's the same thing, someone that Tim mentioned. So you've, that's why you've switched on to the next bit. But look, a special mention to Nathan O'Driscoll, who was really exciting. Yes, really important a for a couple of, of weeks there. But got but got injured and, and yeah that was a shame. But again, Will Brody. I mean, you would have picked him up with the intent to to play him, make the cash, and move him on. And he's in most sides still as a keeper, so he gets the cash cow for the Dockers for me. That's uh, true. And again, some formats he's legitimately in the category of a, of a genuine cash cow. In others, he's slightly more inflated, but definitely the best money maker we we could have asked for 
from the Fremantle Footy Club. Uh, for me, the 2023 watch list is their skipper, Nat Fife. Um, he's right now, this will be his lowest seasonal average ever in his entire career across the formats. And these are the caveats of selecting him. Injury-free preseason. It's going to be hard to ignore. And then he's a genuine candidate for mid-forward status. Genuine candidate for mid-forward status. If either of those, if not either, if it's an injury-free preseason, it's going to be hard to ignore. If he gets DPP, watch the crowd flock onto Nat 5 in 2023 because this guy can go, even in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he can go 90s really easily. And Mundy's out of that midfield unit next year. So he's not going to be the key forward solution to him. Let's talk about the Cats. Who's the MVP, Jordox? This could go a couple of ways. Yeah, tricky. Yeah, tricky one. Um, but looking at the two coach scores as well, I landed on Tom Stewart. Nice. Despite missing, you know, four games for, when he was suspended, just his ceiling. And um, he's great to watch when he's on. He hasn't quite been the same since that suspension coming back. No, that's um, true. But Geelong, you know, they're such a good um, even spread side. It was hard to find anyone um, that yeah, truly dominated. Yep. In drafts, we got some value there, Tim, but who was the real winner? Yes, no real great standout, um, but I've gone with uh, the utility man, <laughs> who oh, Chris Scott says is not a utility. <laughs> Blitzer has, that's right. He's um, ADP of 171, and for that, you've got a guy averaging 90 as a ruck defender. So first, that positional flexibility. Secondly, he's actually yeah. the number seven ruckman. Cool. <laughs> in the league this year for average. So um, not bad. Not bad. And there's a, there was a mid-year chunk too where he was playing that number one ruck role that he was going as good as anyone, if not at the best ruck. When we were really struggling in that middle time where Gorn was up and down, Grundy was out injured, Marshall was ruck sharing, O'Brien hadn't popped, Darcy hadn't popped. I'd have to run the numbers, Tim, but there's probably a period of time he might have been the best ruck for a three to five week window. Could have been. And he's, he's even now just a couple of points behind about third for the Ruckman on the season, Jeez. who I think is Marshall. Um, off the top of my head. So, you know, guys. Put him a in a category league there. or a deep dynasty league, then all of a sudden, whew, you're right. He's he's an absolute game changing yep. pick. Good shout. Yep. Except that he was rested for the one of the weeks of finals in... Oh, yeah. In that, that, bring, that brings you back <laughs> that to the aside. Package, doesn't it? Yeah. That aside from probably costing someone their finals matchup, he's been great. Who's the cow? Jordox, are we needing to leverage some stretching or is there a pretty obvious option for you? I think this guy was fairly cheap across the board. You'll tell me if I'm wrong, but Tyson cool. Stengel, um, yeah, three cool. times a charm in AFL land at his third club. And, you know, credit for Geelong to giving him another go and, and putting things in place so that he can be become the player he's become. I mean, he could be pushing All-Australian. He's been a, a great get for the Cats and, and, you know, he's helping them lead their way to yet another uh, potential premiership challenge. Yeah, another deep finals a- entry is coming for the Nets without doubt. For the watch list, there's one that's a really obvious and then there's one that is a very, very big Hail Mary. The obvious one I'll give you is Patrick Dangerfield. 
Uh, and the reason I'm saying that is it's his lowest seasonal average since 2011 at like five, I can almost control V control C um, the, the thoughts of possible DPP proven 110 to 120 plus guy across formats, but he doesn't have to be that. You just need a six to eight week Will Brody-esque style of run. George Hewitt's probably a better comparison in terms of where he's going to be priced at um, to really pop for you. The one that I'm intrigued the most in is Max Holmes because that past just, it feels like it's just starting to pop for him. The role, it feels like it's just connecting in the system. Like his last two, 98 and 90 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 101 and 91 in Supercoach. And there's a, there's a scattering of 70s plus scores across the year. But if he's a mid forward, uh, he's going to find himself priced in the mid 60s. We don't know what the forward stocks are going to look like for us, but we could be seeing a departure. We could lose Dunkley. We could lose a Taranto. We'll probably lose a Canelio, the Bontempelli, Parkers and Liberatores that we've gained during the year. We'll lose them too. So I know we always say it every year that we might not have enough depth of forward options and things like that. But a mid-60s guy that's got the potential to go 90s, don't mind him as a consideration uh, if you want to do something a little unique. Let's talk the Gold Coast Suns uh, for the MVP. Uh, another easy choice for you there, Jordox? Yeah, pretty much. The million-dollar man, Cook Miller, starting as a million-dollar player in fantasy and dream team. Yep. Didn't really live up to it, but it's a bit hard. <laughs> but no, he, he still put in another, you know, very good, very good fantasy season. Um, and, you know, in... in in the real AFL world, leading hmm. that club really well as well. So he's a star that's just going to keep on dominating for the next few years. Yeah, I think that's fair. Let's head over to the drafts. Tim, what do you got for us? Yeah, no real standout that I could see for the Suns as like a, a ripping buy, but um, probably Noah Anderson was pretty solid given yeah. where he was drafted. And um, I mean, Tookmill is not really a bargain, but he's certainly no. been worth the pick. <laughs> Which hasn't given... been true for most of our top 10 to 15 picks this year, or is it like most of them have been fine, but he's probably one of a few that's really popped for us. Yep. I mean, Potentially. You, that's true. I think you get it every year. You get about a bunch of the top first round or two and you look at it and you're like, geez, he played like three games and he changed his role. And <laughs> Where did um, where did Brandon Ellis fit in this category? Oh, good he question. He defender status this year. He did? He probably wouldn't have been drafted as a defender. Do you get during the year, MJ? Or do you get, uh, yeah, no, he was a, during the handy. year. So while you're looking at that, the other name that might be an option in people's eyes is a Jared Witts. He had an ADP mm. of, of 111. He might have done enough in, in some people's eyes. Is he the eyes. only top sort of top tier ruckman that's played every game this year? Oh, it'd be pretty close. O'Brien missed a game, no, I dropped. think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or two. So yeah, he, he, probably for for that he's there ellis i'm intrigued on your take on him tim before we move to the cows because he's given us again in ultimate footy scoring five or six scores under 70 and then maybe it's recency bias because he's coming off the 130 99 108 but he's burnt us and helped us equally this year that's pretty much his whole career in fantasy isn't it that's that's what brandon ellis does if you can predict 
his season on yeah. in advance, you'd be a rich man. Yeah. Um, no, well, end of end result is he would have not been a free agent. So whoever drafted him has got a, a mid eighties defender at ADP of one hundred two, and I mean with a nice feeling, you'd be happy with it, but it's not amazing. Not when Doherty's like 10, 20 picks later on an ADP. It's kind of hard to get super keen. Yeah, it's a fair shout. Uh, let's keep powering through. Uh, who's our cow? Yeah, I really struggled with the Suns. Um, but I ended up landing on Elijah Holland. And let me explain mm. why. So he only played four games. Uh, well, and he's, I assume, playing this week. So that'd be five. Um, all of them late in the season. But in the fan, AFL fantasy comp, there would have been a, a, a lot of coaches who started with a guy not named in man one, knowing or hoping that he'll play eventually. And in the meantime, he can be my loophole guy for that first part of the year when you've got mm-hmm. you know everyone playing. Um, so he served his purpose as a, a loophole. with Red dot strategy, yeah. And then when he finally came in, he's landed some good scores. He had a big one the other week, I think, in his yeah. second game. So anyone that picked him up late or held him all year and had to field him with some yeah. of those late outs that we were experiencing. Um, yeah, I think he deserves it just for that and the lack of other better options. Yeah, no, fair enough too. We'll keep powering through. Otherwise, this will be the longest podcast we've ever done. But for me, the watch list is Noah Anderson, who we've already alluded to before. He's going to be priced in that mid-90s range for us next year. But he, everything about his trajectory has him trending towards being a 110-plus midfielder across the comp. Just a highlight of his potential. Round 17 this year against the Tigers. 26 disposals, 9 marks, 7 tackles, 2 goals, a 141 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, and 154 in Supercoach. Only with mid-20s possessions. So, yeah, the guy can go. Well, let's talk about the Giants. Who's our MVP? Come Sorry, on. just quickly, Ben oh, yeah, King as well. Ben King as well would be Good pretty shout. popular. Especially yeah. in Supercoach, where, where those mm. contested possessions, those, those impact moments are going to really be favoured nicely. Yep. Good shout. Yeah, are we going to get some Josh Kelly love here, uh, Jordox? No, we're not going to get Josh Kelly love for the MVP. And it was a bit tricky with the Giants. They've had an odd year, you know, when the coach left and then there was a bit of a change up of, of things. But in the end, I actually gave it to Cornelio. And yeah, the reason yeah. is we entered this year with gaining Taranto and Cornelio as forwards. Um, I think everyone was more excited about Taranto, but Cornelio's had a much better year. And, you know, there's a cash cow too, I guess, in some comps. But, um, yeah, since he was put back in the middle, he has dominated. Mm. I'm excited to see him next year. Will be a tricky one to pick up, you know, mid only. But um, yeah, I think Colts is back. That's what I'm saying. Yep, fair shout. Who's our draft absolute star here, Tim? The uh, the free agent pickup of the year, Harry Hilmerberg. Big H. Averaged 103 since round 11. <sighs> wow. What what year is this? Where Darcy Cameron and Harry Hilmerberg have made a list that is in the relevancy territories. Thanks, COVID. You've totally ruined life. Well done. No, it's great. No, lovely blokes. But let's be honest, neither up until this point have shown any reason to pick them um, outside of deep dynasty leagues. So full credit to you if you jumped on him. Absolutely true. Who's our cow here, 
Jordox. Oh, MJ, you know who I'm going to say. It's the boy we mention every week. Braden Fruit. The There's your one per podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so he, he's the cash cow of the year for the Giants and, and also the biggest headache causer. So, it, it, yeah. Look, we've, we've talked about Bruce. Everyone's talking about Bruce. Um, it continues to be an amazing... <laughs> The theatre of Braden Proust this year, the in, the out, the suspension, the injury, the, everything that he's done. But at the end of the day, those who brought him in, particularly for R3, mm. uh, he made a bucket load of cash. Oh, yes. So he served his purpose there. He did his job. Um, so well done to him. For me, the, the giant, I've got an iron in 2023. It's all on the caveat of do we see the departures that have been mooted? of Taranto and potentially including Hopper as well. But if we do see some Exodus brewing an, another, I'm really intrigued on Tom Green next year. I, I know you could say it's Whitfield or coming as options, but Tom Green in the first eight weeks this year was going at an average of 118 in Supercoach and 99 in AFL fantasy. He's going to be priced um, at around... Lo- Low 90s, like 91 in, in Supercoach, high 80s in AFL Fantasy. He's got that capacity to get 10 to 15 points per game up on what he's priced at. Again, it might not be enough to make him a season-long premium, but there's enough signs and smells about him to think that he could put it to it all together if he's given the responsibility alongside Cornelio and Kelly uh, of leading that midfield unit. Let's talk about Another the one. whole... Yep. Just to add to that, just just keep an eye on Lockie Ash and his oh, role with a new coach. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here no, we no. Go. I saw a game You'll from Lockie forward Ash pocket. years ago. No, no. When he was off halfback, free to roam, he has got fantasy game in him. Just there keep is an some eye. pedigree there, without doubt. Yeah. yeah. You've just got to get a coach that's going to give him an opportunity, that's for sure, in that role. All right, let's fire through the Hawks, these final half a dozen teams. Who have we got? Uh, MVP, not Tom Mitchell, much to my chagrin, various comps this year, but I'll blame Sam Mitchell for that. Anyway, <laughs> MVP, very very similar vein to Sam Doherty in, in um, James Sicily, really yep. came back from a long-term injury and um, has been brilliant, particularly in Supercoach, yeah. absolutely smashed it in that comp, but very good in Dream Team as well. It's so. good. Who's our draft buy of the year? Dylan Moore. Ooh, we. Good show. 93 averaging forward, average draft spot of 186. So basically, you've got a gun premium forward for, well, very late in the draft. Nothing. Yeah, for basically nothing. It, it, how close was Jai Newcomb for you in getting on that list too? Because he's another that has really yeah. delivered. So he was really time. late, but that him being relevant really depends on the draft league. So his average That's is true. 88. So he's a pure mid at 88. Obviously, if you snagged him in a keeper, you'd be laughing. But if he's a regular league, you know, 88 average in mid, it's okay. Potentially, you could get that off the waiver wire. Um, Most weeks, yeah. Depending how deep your draft league is. So that's probably why I had him down a bit. Yep. No, I, I think it's a really good shout. Uh, another one of the probably relatively easy cows to look at for us here, Jordox. Yeah, well, you got me nervous there because there, there were a few I thought of Hawthorne, but I landed on Josh Ward. Yeah. Um, he was one of many that we sort of started with, very, very popular. But but those that held him um, when he was out, 
for a period and then he came back would have been very, very much rewarded. Came back in round 17 and that's yep. when you start to see him get real bulk CBAs and really some good scores. Um, yeah, real real good player for the future there. For yeah. Was Mc, McDonald was the other one you you were kind of flirting around with? As, yeah, uh, I agree. He, he, didn't, one, but. he didn't have the scores, McDonald, but he just kept on kept keeping on. He, I think he's probably played more games than Ward, but I just like Ward's feeling. Um, and if you got stuck having to field a cow at this time of year, you'd feel okay with Ward. Yep, no, fair enough too. For me, the, the watch list of 2023 is Ned Long. As a junior, still yet to debut for the Hawks, but as a junior, showed a lot of fantasy pedigree. Um, basement price, unless he gets named this week, please, Sam Mitchell, don't ruin him for us. Um, he should be pushing for a regular gig next year, especially if more of the statesmen of the Hawthorne Footy Club, Shields, Mitchell, etc., cetera, uh, find less and less time uh, in that midfield. So even with the rumour of a Carl Amon coming into the wings, uh, I think Ned Long would be a really nice trio option in that midfield alongside Newcomb and also alongside uh, the man which we just mentioned before in Josh Ward. Let's talk about the Ds. Who's our MVP? Uh, yeah, there's a few, but uh, Clayton Oliver just continues to be the number one guy in, in yeah. you know all the formats. Um, I know he's huge in Supercoach as well, so pretty easy one there. Yep. Who's our draft here, Tim? All right, I reckon this guy's the number one draft pick of the year. <gasps> average draft position of 219. He's a 100 averaging defender, Angus Brayshaw. Good shout. Oh, yeah. 219. He went at 219. <laughs> so As a mid only. So he's one that yes. picked up the status during the year and became relevant. And then uh, opposite to that, the Ds have now thrown him into the midfield. So put that out. Well, they pushed him out of the midfield because they didn't have room for him in there. And now they put him back in the midfield and they realise they don't have room for James Harms. Interesting. Yep. Interesting play by the Ds anyway. Oh, to be a good team where you've got the luxury of moving Angus Brayshaw, uh, who, who's finished third in a Brownlow medal, um, it, it to be your versatility swingman. That, that's that's a sign of a club that's got too much talent. I like that shout. I really like that shout. Is there any cows, Jordox or money makers that you were really looking at for the Ds? They're a pretty settled team this year. Yeah, I really struggled. Uh, you know, no surprise the reigning premiers didn't have a heap of kids coming through. Um, I actually came up stumped, so I put Jake Bowie at a stretch because I know there was a little period there with people yeah. getting a little excited about um, picking him up for an on-field spot early, maybe the first third of the year. And yep. look, that didn't work out, but because he'd hit some good scores, he would have made you a bit of money. So it wasn't a big fail. Um that's as far as I got. I may have missed one or two along the way, but that's all that stuck out for me. Right, you don't have to give one out. If if their team sucked for cash cards, you can, you can give it to them. <laughs> oh, well, I wasn't if, told if that. Pre- <laughs> Some of these are going to be... No, no, no. <laughs> he was fine. We probably people missed probably his best score, which which made it hard. But you're right. He was he's the best the cash, of the category. The cash generation from that big score you know, was enough to win him the award. Yeah, no, fair enough, too. Uh, I agree. I think it's fair enough, too. Uh, From a Melbourne, the watch list for me, uh, Max Gorn. 
is the guy I'm watching. And the reason is simply this. If the narrative of Luke Jackson departure is true, I would be shocked if they're genuinely looking at Brody Grundy and Gorn as the one-two punch. It's possible, but I'd be really, really surprised if that's how they go. The rucks I, I see as a, have been a headache this year and could continue on again in 2023. But if Jackson departs and nothing significant comes in, Melbourne will have to play Gorn in a number one clear and supreme role. And that's where, for me, I'm prepared to spend big dollars in the rucks or in any line when I see a clear and supreme option in a line. If Jackson's out, no big options come in that are going to limit that. Big Maxi, it's your year in 2023. Let's jump across the road, uh, not quite to Punt Road, but across the suburb to North Melbourne. Who have you got as the MVP? I've got the first uh, dual winners of, of, of the night. <laughs> uh, I just couldn't split these two, and both of them for their, their last you know 10 weeks, the second half of the year. So Jai Simkin and Luke Davidjuniak have both yep. uh, given you know North fans a fair bit to get excited about um, in what's been a pretty bleak few years for their and their club. But uh, just in terms of fantasy, Simkin, I know it's been a few years kind of waiting for him to take that next step. And yeah. he still hasn't because he finished last year similar and didn't get going till probably post-buys. But he's scoring and, and um, the second half of the year has been really good. And then uh, Luke Davies, or LDU, we'll just call him that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know a great deal about him. I know he's a big name and I haven't looked at him in the fantasy world. His scores crept up on me the last six to eight weeks. I had a look at them today and thought, oh, yeah. But his game on Sunday, uh, Saturday just gone against Adelaide, um, that reminded me of watching, like, under-14s footy, and they had to get a 17-year-old to play just to fill in numbers. He looked like... <laughs> if that analogy works. But he looked, like, in a different competition yeah, he did. to the other 43 players on the ground. So... Look, it's probably more about the future, um, but those two share the MVP this year. No, that's a good shout. In the drafts, you've got a couple of options that you might be looking at here, Tim. Who have you landed for us? Uh, well, I went with LDU, and yep. I think as Geordie mentioned off air, that it's, you know, his start wasn't great to the season. I mean, his first game was, but then his first couple of months weren't great. So hopefully no one dropped him. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Um, oh, imagine that. Oh, that would be worse. Since round, I think it's round eight, about round eight or nine, he's just, he's averaged, you know, 104, I think I worked out since then. So basically for the last three or four months, he's been just awesome. Yep. You can't disagree. He's not going to make our cash cow category, is he? Now, Jordox, we're not going four for four here or? I've been pretty loose with the, the definition. No, no, this guy was one of the cash cows of the year, MJ. Come on, <laughs> say it. Yes. Uh, he, um, yeah, he was brilliant. A lot of coaches started with him. Um, and then, you know, anyone that didn't jumped on when he was on the bubble in, in Super Coach and Dream Team. Um, yeah, he's forward be the number status, one. Rock forward status. Forward, yeah. Forward. yeah. Shame he had the injury, but he made a, yeah, a heap of money and was very good to play on field 
Yep, no, I agree. Uh, for me, the 2023 watch list, you can throw a few in there. Again, the uncertainty of coach structure roles is always there, but geez, Tom Powell is a guy that I'm still very, very bullish on what he could be. Um, he'll, he'll be priced in a position that I think people won't realize how much value. He'll be going at 50 in Supercoach and 55 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Yet there was a four-game stretch in his debut year, like his fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh game. This is what he did last 2021 season. 91, 73, 102, 104 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. 101, 74, 96, 97 in Supercoach. So there's scoring potential there in AFL level. He's a beast at junior level. The question, of course, is... Who's coming into coach? How do they balance Simkin, LDU, Cunnington, and Co. rolling through there? And oh, maybe Jason Horn Francis will be through there as well. So it might be a tough one, but if the stars align, he's in the mix. MJ, you just mentioned someone, and and I have to backtrack just quickly because there'll be people listening to this screaming at the podcast that I didn't mention Horn Francis in the cash cow of the year. Uh, so he can share that with Sherry. I missed him when I was looking before. Um, maybe because in my mind... Uh, Sherry's better. Yeah, you like Sherry better? Yeah, right. yeah we'll I did. Yeah, I, I, I thought you nailed it. It, it was fine. The, the hyphen was right. fine. But um, yeah. for what you paid for, I don't think well, it true. might have been the quintessential pick, which Sherry probably was a little more so special mentions honorable mentions all right let's head to port adelaide who's the mvp jordox yeah no no, nothing too flash over at the power this year from a fantasy perspective ollie wines wins it um didn't have his best year but that's a bit harsh uh, just because the year before he won a brownlow and was incredible but um now look he had a fine year um you wouldn't have uh, been happy if you started with him, but if you traded your way into him at the right time this year, particularly in Supercoach as well, um, you would have been happy. But yeah, he gets the MVP for Port Adelaide. Yeah, Rosie, was he close for you, or yeah, was just over the year close. got you over the line? Okay, yeah, he got close, Rosie, and even Butters. I know he was frustrating, but those two, um, they're finishing quite strong. But now Wines for the body work. All right, fair enough. Who's your draft guy here, Tim? Uh, again, I put Rosie at number two. So Dan Houston, nice. Dan Big Houston's shout. averaging what mid nineties at ADP of one hundred two. Yeah, it's hard so, to get past that, isn't it? You'd be pretty happy with that, I reckon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Started the year with a one fifty in DT and fantasy, which would have uh, been instant reward. Oh, would it? Yeah, we talked about him. Started the pod just his ceiling. Yep. No, it's really, really true. The cow's interesting one here, Jordox. Who have you landed with? Uh, yeah, I did have a very long look. I just remembered Sam Hayes and his role yeah. uh, that he played for fantasy coaches in a time where, um, yeah, I think it was a time where money was starting to dry up and then he mm-hmm. became um, R3, maybe R2, if, if Bruce was <laughs> doing what he was doing and <laughs> getting suspended and whatnot. But Hayes, um, as the number one at Port, once Lysette went down, didn't get as long a run at it as I thought, um, sure. but did enough to make the cash that um, those wanted from him. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And and I wouldn't have been opposed if you threw Tickle in there too, more just for that mid-year 
that releasing of cash that he could have got you that ruck forward link with Marshall English, yeah, Goldstein, you know, but, but I, I think you bang on there. Um, when it, when it comes to Hayes being the pick for me, from a Port Adelaide perspective, we've already mentioned this guy's name and people will not pick him next year because he burnt them hard. But I am talking about Zach Butters as a watch list. He'll be a mid only next year. Like I said, uber low ownership because of the hurt he's caused people. But in his last six, he's averaging 97 in AFL fantasy and dream team, three consecutive tons in super coach. Uh, he's averaging 103 in his last six, four consecutive tons. And look, it's probably more of an AFL fantasy play where you're looking for value, but he's got the potential to be a 20 points per game of value starting squad and unique. So for me, I, I've got him right in the mix for me. And definitely mid-only, you were saying? Definitely mid-only, I think, yep. um, that he'll be. Uh, I've been surprised by positional statuses of guys mm-hmm. before, but uh, for me, I, I think he and Rosie are both mids uh, in, in 2023. Let's head to the Tigers, our final five teams. We'll keep powering through before we wrap it up. Who have you got for us as the MVP? The MVP, I've got Jaden Short, and then I've put in brackets before he went into the midfield. So... <laughs> Start of the year, he was flying. He hit some really good ceiling scores and then he went into the guts and he lost all those beautiful plus sixes, the the, the easy mark and kick game. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, it, it, the body of work, he's still handy um, when he went into the midfield. Uh, and next year when Tim Taranto goes to Richmond, we'll see short back on a half back flank <laughs> and he'll be uh, worthy of our selection again. Fair enough, too. Who's the draft win that really got us over the line here, Tim? Uh, the guy I went for was Vlosten. Yeah, good um, shout. I know he's missed a handful of games, but uh, average of 90, that draft spot of 139 is um is pretty hard to turn down. And then sort of a quick mention to Dan Rioli as well. He's, yeah. Um, on a right with his DPP. Yep, defender forward. Not quite the Coleman levels of ceiling sometimes, but the availability uh, and versatility, I agree that there's some really good shouts. Who's the cow from the Tigers that we've loved this year, Jordox? Um, yeah, they had a few this year, but I can't go past Noah Cumberland. Uh, mm. I think he's played six games, so he'll play seven if he, if he plays this week. Um, so certainly didn't help any of us early in the year, but... Nope. If you wanted to jump on something, you know, in the back half of the year, um, he made a bit of cash, was yeah. fieldable, um, yep. I thought, for many weeks there. And I think more than anything, Richmond fans would be absolutely uh, looking their lips at the prospect of this guy. He looks a player, MJ. Yeah. Very exciting. How close did Gibkus get for you as a candidate in there, knowing he started the year and was probably more, yeah. more popular in ownership? Um, the he was in the mix. of Gifford, he, you know, particularly in Supercoach, you know, he was very, very good the yeah, first half yeah. of the year. And a really great story too, like to be a top 10 draft pick in a, in a club like Richmond and to really just play from the outset and, and, and really do well. So, yeah, special mention to him, but Cumberland just, yeah, he gets, gets you off the, the seat of the couch. Uh, let me just say really quickly on Cumberland, it's not really even fantasy relevant, but that week where he took the mark and played on as the siren went and he cost them the potential for a draw, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's huge for a young kid to carry on his shoulders. The next week, he got the Rising Star nom, did he? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, um, I think that sounds about right. I think that's amazing that he did that. So anyway, enough of that. Yeah, he's a high-quality human being too. Uh, from a 2023 watch list, no one's playing a real hard guess here. It's dusty. Um, he'll pick up a discount for us after missing a heap of footy this year. Um, depending on the names we get coming at us, he could be the best forward buy we've got. He genuinely could it. be the buy of the year. So Don't do it, MJ. Every um, year, this. Every year. Hey, Will Brody was right eventually, so he'll we'll get back there, mate. It'll, it'll be totally fine. From there. It what will about, be totally uh, what about if What about if he had to... The Sydney team. Taranto. In- no, no, uh, Dusty. Does I've Dusty. Does that no. increase your interest? No. Or is it just regardless? No, it doesn't increase my interest whatsoever because I think he'll be um, only getting a handful of midfield minutes given the development of kids that are there and will be allowed to play as a predominant forward. So, um, no, for me, it's if he stays at Tigerland, go for it. If he goes to Sydney, which I don't think will happen. Um, I, I, my interest is quite low. Uh, we'll get to the Swans in a minute. Let's talk about the Saints. Who's the MVP, Jordox? Another dual winner for the MVP. Uh, now, my boy Jack Steele, very unlucky. So it's very unlucky. He only hit low tons at the start of the year, only, <laughs> um, in the DT and fantasy formats. Yes. He's one of the million-dollar men's deal. So, and then he missed the chunk with injury and has been terrible the last two weeks. So, the winner, uh, <laughs> Jack Sinclair and Brad Crouch together. So yeah, wow. Sinclair, for the option he's off- offered coaches in that back line, absolutely brilliant. Um, for a long time, I know in Dream Team with Fantasy, he was just hitting high 90s, low times, and then he, he started hitting these ceiling games. Absolute ripper. Yep. And then Brad Crouch, you know, we know what he can do. And particularly when Steele was out of the side, he, he, he went on with it. And, you know, it would have been a real unique pick back half mm. of the year, but you would have been um, rewarded. Yeah, it's a good shout. For drafts, which Saint, is it any of those two names there, Tim, or is there some oh, others? Yeah. No, definitely Sinclair. Sinclair would be one of the picks of the year. For drafts, yeah. he was ADP of 132 for 103 averaging back. So I don't think you'd go past that one for the Saints. No, I think that's a fair shout. Two, if we're talking about the cow, how early in the year are we reminiscing at this point, Jordox? Yeah, so a special mention does go to Jack Hayes. Uh, he was excellent. He um, Such a shame he went down there. I think he only played the six games, but he made a heap of cash and had that ruck forward um, flexibility as well. You mentioned that uh, Teek will have the back end. But mm. I've given it to... Uh, Marcus Winhager, nice. who is only being talked about now because he's tagging superstars into almost you know the ground. He's actually played most of the year. I was surprised mm. how many games he played. Hasn't hit up anything too exciting score-wise. But one of the things that's most important about a cash cow is their role and their job security. And once Correct. he landed that tagging role, um, yeah, he's been brilliant. Forward status as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really fair shout. For me, the 2023 watch list, come on, this should be easy. Rowan Marshall, ladies and gentlemen, really simple. Let me give you the stats. Is 
Isn't the watch list Paddy Ryder more than Marshall himself? No. Yeah, well, Pat, well no. Uh, but you're right, right. It is the Ryder effect. Here's how it is. Last season, or this season so far, playing with Patrick Ryder in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team in the 11 games, he's going at an average of 78.5. In the nine games without Ryder, he's going at 111.8. That is a differential of 33.2 points. In Supercoach, in the 11 games with Ryder, going at 75.8. In the nine without 114.9. That is a differential of 39.1. He should be ruck forward for us again next year. He's only recently picked it up. Um, so there is a chance that this recent ruck run might be enough to throw it over the line, but I think he holds it. Um, but regardless, no rider, lock in Marshall uh, as one of the most obvious picks of 2023 if there's no Paddy Ryder. Let's go to the Swan. I think he's done enough, but the recent three or four weeks without Ryder might just tip him over the line to not get it, but I think he does get it. Who's your Swan MVP as we hit the final three teams? Yeah, Callum Mills. Uh, Quite easy. Obvious pick. Uh, Yeah, yeah. He he stepped up last year when he, he was Moved into the midfield and then this mm-hmm. year again. Look, he still has these games, but it's very frustrating, particularly if you put the C on him, where he just sort of doesn't get amongst it. Mm. Um, and his the lack of clarity around his role, I think, would be concerning as well. But, you know, he's one of the absolute best in the comp. His ceiling is as good as anyone's. Um, I would just like to see him settle on a particular role. Um, might not happen, though. Yep. And part of that might just be about some of the deficiencies that still exist in other spots that might be able to get resolved with some further development of kids or things like that. How close was Parker for you, given that he picked up forward status heading into round six, or was it Mills and not really anybody else? Um, oh, look, I think I was a bit of a Parker denier for most of the year. I just I just wasn't interested in in him and, and he just kept doing it. He just kept doing it. I mean, it's tricky because that forward line had guys like you know, we talked about Mitch Duncan, Taranto, Cornelio, you know, so Luke Parker was an option, but he was one of many. And yeah. just with his age, I really thought that Sydney had moved towards a much younger sort of, I thought he'd been squeezed out of that midfield, but he has been the man back into the year and yeah, second half of the year, particularly, but no, still Mills. You can't go yep. past him. Nope, fair enough too. Who's our draft absolute boom pick that we should have jumped on this year from the Swans, Tim? A pretty clear guy for the Swannies would be Chad Warner. Mm. ADP of 227 for Chad. So what is he, 90 averaging forward? Yeah. Yeah, anytime you can get a 90 averaging mid at that point in time of the draft, that's, uh, yeah, that's not bad, man, from the Chad. The, the chat is great. No question about that. Who's the cow here, Jordox? Did they give us many guys to look at? No, I didn't think they did, but I landed on Dylan Stevens um, as someone who was still quite cheap. I think mm-hmm. probably more so in Supercoach. And yes. I think he was in and out, but he's, he's played a lot in the last, he's maybe played the last four, I'd say, and he's um, putting up okay scores. So I went with him. Um, 
Yeah, I think. Who Come did on, you Sherlock. Have, I had Paddy McCartney. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Come on, mate. Are, right. are you, you're just fleecing us now of, of the, uh, the cow swan that we all had. Um, it's been a long year, MJ. It's been a, yeah, it's been a long no. year and a longer podcast. So I understand yeah. no, the no, entrapment. By far and away. Is by the, the length of the Flemings and straight, Paddy McCartney. Yeah. But. But yeah, you're right, Stevens has there. been very important late. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so definitely a, a silver medal uh, coming to you for that one. Uh, the 2023 watch list is the man that Tim mentioned for me, Chad Warner. He's progressing exactly on that pathway to, to premium territory. Went 69 across the formats last year, going 89 uh, so far in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. I think it's about 98 in Supercoach. That, that this is exactly the trend of where your premium game-changing midfielders head. So for me, yeah, he's going to be one of the stars of the competition. And gosh, if you got him in a keeper league in your redraft this year, whew, man, you have um, done some very nice work uh, that's going to set you up for success. Just- just throw in Peter Laddam. I'm just, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Okay, keep holding so I on. Think, I think that number one ruck roll will be his eventually. It's just, uh, I think he's still pretty good. Yep, no, fair shout too. Final two teams. Let's talk about the Eagles. Good luck finding an no, MVP the, here, Jordox. Well, the MVP, I think of all the teams where the MVP sums up the season that that team had is West Coast because Shannon Hearn, uh, at the ripe old age of Oh, well, yeah. I'm not sure what he is, but yeah. Uh, but you know, someone in his twilight years, I'll say, to be more respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely brilliant, predominantly in Supercoach, but in Dream Team as well, in a year where all the usual suspects in the fantasy world for West Coast were either injured, underdone, or just missing in action. Yeah, that's true. Good luck on the draft here, Tim. No, it's the same answer. Shannon Hearn. Yep. It's one one man band down at the Eagles this year. It's just yeah. ninety two average at one twenty three ADP. Yeah, this, it's just not been a, there's just not been an option really has there. Uh, even with the cows, I, I think I know where you're going, but let's wait and see who's who's the cow for you here, Jordox, That you well, you've got, got another, to award it to. I got another dual winner. Okay, uh, Brady Hoff for um, Perseverance. Yes. So he played early days and a lot of people would have had him in the yes. original squad and held him and held him and held him. Uh, <laughs> and it was quite frustrating when COVID and, and, and the like was ravaging the Eagles squad and he still wasn't getting the game. They were playing, um, you know, non-AFL-listed players. Anyway, he did come back in and it looked pretty good. Picked up a, a neat little sort of uh, tidying up off half-back role. Yep. Uh, at times, and yeah, so he for those that held him, he he repaid the faith, and then Greg Clark for the you know that immediate sugar hit, that immediate cash generation, he came in and and, and looked a million bucks, and um, yeah, a couple of good options for the future there for West Coast. I love the year of Paddy Nash as a cash cow. Mm. He was one that really snuck under the radar for a lot of people mm. because I think that was the genuine thought of. Oh, he's there for the top up. He's there as the top up. And then it wasn't just the one week or the two weeks. It was the five weeks and the six weeks and the seven weeks that, that really got him through there. And he's so, one of their better scorers uh, amongst that period. Early days he was, yeah. So for yeah. me, he's kind of that cash cow that I think got away from a lot of people 
that didn't go there for that reason mm. of oh, he only it, this is his last game. He'll get squeezed out. This is his last game. Yeah, yeah. once West Coast get all their bodies back, um, he'll be squeezed out. But didn't yeah. Happen. He, he's one of those forgotten cows uh, of 2022. Not in the sense of people forgot him, but people didn't go near him um, because of that security concern that we had. Uh, for me, the eagle that I don't want to say this. Oh, I don't want to say it. It's Elliot Yo. I just, I don't want to uh, say it, but everything about the numbers is there that says if, and this is the big if, if it's an injury-free preseason, no problems. You don't need 12 games. You just need six. He will be the mid-price guy. Remember, in 2019, he was averaging tons across the formats for us. Before a discount hits in Dream Team, he'll be priced in the 50s. Before a dream a, a discount hits in Supercoach, he'll be in the 60s. Now, it'll, in AFL Fantasy, it'll be off his 2021 average of 83. He could be priced in the 40s in some of these formats. You tell me you see a guy that only two years back is coming off tons and is fit and firing and ready to prove something. You can't tell me you don't see a couple of hundred thousand Elliot Yo and 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 you just get a little itchy trigger finger on the throw in, throw in defender status and and you've sold me. Yeah. Well, there's every chance that that might mm. just pop too. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, the Keep final. On oh, yep. Alex Witherden. Oh, no. Don't, know where he's at. don't do it to yourself. Yeah. Alex Witherden. You know, West Coast might have a new coach. Sure. Uh, Shanahan's going to play on by the sound of it, which is the main thing you're looking for if you're an uh, Alex Witherden truther. But I am. And I think, yeah, keep an eye on him. All right, fair enough. All right, our last club, uh, and this might be our longest podcast of the year. So well done, lads and ladies, for, for making it this far through. The Bulldogs. <laughs> Who's our MVP? Yeah, I, I had a bit of fun with this one because you could go Jack McRae, yep. even though you know Fantasy Dream Team hasn't been that good. Supercoach he has. Uh, you get Dunkley doing his thing in the forward line. Uh, Bont, you know, they've got so many, but I've given it to. Tim English. Why not? Led the charge for, you know, the first sort of half of the year. Um, you know, he, he had an unfortunate situation where he got COVID and the head knock and whatnot. But, you know, he was just churning out tons. It was such yeah. a great year to watch Tim English become what we all sort of thought he might be. Um, and he was a forward ruck. So with that that uh, flexibility, he gets the MVP. Yep. Yeah, I don't disagree. He's right in the mix for us there. Who's our draft day star, Tim? Uh, I didn't go English because his ADP is surprisingly low. So everyone was kind of onto him. But um, Bailey Smith, Bailey Smith was the guy I went. Yeah, good shot. He was, uh, you know, 107 average for uh, ADP at 82. That'd be higher than some of the guys who went the first round, I'm guessing. Mm. Yeah. And one true. of the guys. You see this classic trend where a player loses DPP status and becomes mid only, and all Zach of a sudden Butters. we all kind of, well, we all kind of think, oh, you know, he's not forward now. But when they're putting up midfield numbers anyway, um, mm-hmm. and then he went and got it in 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 the other formats anyway, mid you. Yep, I think it's an interesting one. The cows interest me here, 
Jordox. Who have you landed with? Um, well, I landed on Robbie McComb for yep. I think it's um, a good show. longevity. And he just kept on going. And he just kept on getting a spot in that team and scored, you know, between 50 and 70 in Dream Team Fantasy most weeks. So that's what you want from a cow. Yep. And he picked up forward status for you too, uh, that yeah. that might have just extended that run on field, depending on how you balance out. I think I think you're right. I think he's the clear um, dog's choice. I think that's a really good shout from you. The 2023 watch list, you could put a bunch of guys in here. I'm going to go left field because if you've made it this far in the podcast, you deserve a little bit of something. I'm going Ed Richards as the 2023 watch list guy for me. In his last five... Yeah. His scoring range in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team has been between 88 and 109. And in Supercoach, his last five has been between 97 and 126. Yeah, he's going to be priced in the mid-70s in AFL Fantasy and low to mid-80s in Supercoach. I think it's more an AFL Fantasy kind of guy to go and take a flyer on. But my goodness, he has impacted the scoring of Dale and Daniel. And he does seem to be the flavor of the month for Bevo. But gee whiz, he's, he's been sensational. He will, he will be the Hayden Young of next year. Ooh. All right. There you go. That's a nice I, I one. Don't, I don't have enough faith in Bevo to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? He did, he, there's uh, like a timeline. He's like, hang on a minute. This guy's been a premium back for too long. I need to put someone else there. Yeah, yeah. Like you just wrote it. I can't go through all of the six odd years he's been there, but you know, Johannesson, Daniel, Dale, Bob Bob Murphy, Bob Murphy. Um, he there's been so many. (laughs) Like to say confidently that Ed Richards is going to take over the premium status that Bailey Dale, who's surely a better kick than him, and Caleb Daniel have been. That's a big call across the whole season. That's a bird person, right? I can't remember who it was, but I do know pre-season this year, there was an interview I saw with a Western Bulldogs player, or a senior player. I can't remember who it was. And the interview was a range of players who've had a good pre-season and whatnot. And they said, Ed Richards is someone we want to get the ball in his hands. We want to play through him. Uh, which got me excited earlier in the year. Didn't really score much, but he's doing it now. So oh, I know him. one of our panellists in Supercoach started with him. Uh that they were that bullish on him, and, and they're going, I was right. I was just 18 weeks early, but I was right. Mm. Um, yeah. And so it, it will be an interesting one to watch in the off-season because, as you both mentioned, the potential's there, but the Bevo getting bored uh, and moving the magnets is, is definitely a real, real thing from him. Uh, lads, you've been absolutely sensational, not just uh, on this episode uh, but right throughout the full 2022 season in the preseason so tim mate as always mate appreciate your fine work is and uh jordox to you mate absolute pleasure mate well done thanks mate and and thank you to you and jay for all the work you put in and the, uh, the fantastic content that you put out for the, the fantasy world it's very much appreciated and i'm glad to have been a part of it again this year yeah, we love having you guys as a part of the coaches panel, but ultimately we love having you as a part of a 
listening community, reading community, a part of the fantasy footy community. The reason we do what we do is because like you, we, we love talking about, we love the conversations that can be had. We love learning and growing along with you. So um, from me and from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, thank you for heading right throughout the year to coachespanel.tv and reading the articles, for keeping in touch with us across social media at Coaches Panel through the year and checking out these podcasts that have been landing since January 1. Uh, we, we have dropped around about 80 episodes uh, for you to check out. And that's not included what we've given to our Patreons, which is a bunch of other things. So if you've made it through this season with us, thank you so much. We've loved doing it. But the good news is our attention moves to 2023 really quickly. What you'll get from us in the off season, our Patreons will get everything but there'll only just be a few things that comes the way into the public feed. So coachespanel.tv, if you're not a Patreon for as little as a couple of bucks a month, you can get involved or you can subscribe via Spotify podcasts to get the podcasts that drop. In the off season, here's what's coming your way, friends. The top 50 Keeper Prospects podcast season from Kane and I. Last year, we broke them into seven tiers. Who made the list and why? We will talk you through that. Every player that moves clubs in the trade and uh, the off-season period will give you our fantasy footy review player-by-player write-up and then a podcast only for Patreons. You will get that review. And then we might even just drop a few other nuggets of articles uh, that Louis is working on some podcasts too for us that you'll get to hear about. They will be available for everyone but you'll get those in the off season as well. And then once we hit December, the positions land early December, mid December, the prices hit across your formats. And then just before Christmas, it's on. And then January one, guess what I'll be doing with you friends every single day for 50 days. You'll be doing podcasts with me talking about the 50 most relevant. We're bringing it back again for you in 2023. Thanks so much for being with us in 2022. We can't wait to spend 23 talking fantasy footy with you yet again.